I'm Rob Matskin. Uh, I run a startup called MyQuest, and I also run a coaching business called RobMatskin.com. This, this, is, this is Diversified Game Game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. It's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, I might have my clone. Yes, clones can come in all shades and, you know, uh, forms. We're probably around the same age. We have a lot of the same, you know, likes, and all we need is some water because he's a surfer. You guys know um, you might see some Photoshop, and it looks like I might be able to surf. But I have Rob Maskin of MyQuest and RobMaskin.com. Links are in the description, whether you are listening or those of you who watch. Rob, welcome to the show. How are you doing, brother? I'm fantastic, man. Just another sunny day in Florida. I'm uh, I'm in a good mood, man. So, awesome. You know. I love to hear that. And I want you to tell the people, because you're like, you know, a serial entrepreneur like myself. Um, I found out just last year I had dyslexia and have done all these things. No but, kidding. You know, you're, yeah, you're a dyslexic superhero as well. <laughs> tell the people about your, your businesses and, you know, how you can help them grow yeah so uh i guess i can start with my journey um so yeah dyslexia kind of shaped me early on um you know malcolm gladwell talks about it in david and goliath it's like the more adversity you go through builds character right so i didn't read till i was 10 years old uh and then it was always a struggle in high school and college wasn't the most uh, studious person um but what i really learned is how to learn and how to learn through a lot of adversity. So I think entrepreneurship always came to me early on. My father is not, my father is a business owner, an entrepreneur himself. So he's learned it at the dinner table. But uh, over that course of time, started nine different companies uh, in all sorts of different spaces. Uh, my last acquisition was actually in the alcohol space. We started the alcohol delivery business uh, in the U.S., which was really fun, uh, especially in my 20s. And then uh, doing my quest, through a whole long journey, this is like 20 years condensed into 90 seconds, uh, really became a very impact-driven person. And right now, we're really trying to change the way people learn, especially in the corporate environment. And also, one of the things I started the last few years is I've always advised people, always helped other entrepreneurs out, and really formalized that and codified it in robmatskin.com of how us as entrepreneurs, as business owners, how do we move faster? How do we get further? And how do we do that with a lot less friction? How do we just make it easy? And there's so much, I mean, I'm sure you get this, how many, I had this methodology or this mindset. I'm like, cause I didn't get a graduate degree. And I had this whole ethos of I wasn't good enough. I wasn't smart enough. So how to do things the hard way. I had to do things the school of hard knocks because I had to prove to everybody that I've been there and I've done it. And I am so sick of that. I want to, where's the easy way, right? Where is that easy button? How do I help my clients find that easy button? Because there is no easy way, but there's certainly ways of doing that while having a lot more, much, lot more fun and um, with a lot less friction, I'd say, yeah. Well, how much of just getting to like understand how you learn? Because when you and I were younger, you know, these, some of these things, diagnosis were coming about, but if you would have got this diagnosis, um, in the 80s and 90s, maybe in the 90s, but especially in the 80s, they would have put you on the short bus 
in a special classroom with people who have like extreme um, sometimes mental issues, not dyslexia or ADHD, but they're like, you know, maybe violent. And I've, I've mentored with kids right. like that. So how much of it, like just kind of learning, like this is just how I am. And I'm going to have to, as the kids say now, get it out of the mud and really just do something different. Cause you even had tape recorders. Like I had tape recorders. I made my own mixtape just to learn Shakespeare because reading it, I'm like, what is this? What are Capulets? What are marsupials? I don't know. Yeah. So let me put a yeah. bit behind it. So how much of it just getting to know you and when did you get that, you know, focus? Well, so I was really, well, that, that's like 30 questions in one, my friend, but I'll, <laughs> I'll see what I could digest of that. Um, so it's really fascinating. I was talking to my parents like a year and a half ago. We were just having a heart to heart. And, and I didn't know any of this, but my mom's like, I knew when you were three, I'm like, wait, three, she's, and this is the eighties. I was born in 84. And, um, she goes, yeah, when you were three. And then my dad realized he's like, all right, I admit it when you were four and it took us. And so this is still the eighties and it took my parents years to figure out what to do because they had to prove to the school that the school couldn't do it. So they did put me in that classroom. They did put me in that short bus. Right. Um, and I, I tried to be matriculated into normal classrooms, but I realized at five, maybe it's five or six in first grade, all the kids are writing down their homework assignments. And then the teacher goes to me, Miss Miller goes to me, you know, Bobby, Jane, and whoever go help Rob write down his homework. So his parents know what he needs to do. And I go, I'm different. And that shaped me, you know, for the 25 years until I was able to go through uh, I do a lot of transformational education, whether that's Tony Robbins or a program called Lammer, uh, that really changed the way I, I, I see things and de- deleted that uh, conversation. But anyway, when I was a kid, that affected me, right? I realized I was different. I wasn't smart because I couldn't read and everybody else could do this basic thing called reading and writing. Right? And my friends, you know, in, 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 um, in high school, I remember being a uh, in, in, in 16 and I was a wrestler and I was a tough guy. I was, the, I was the jock. I had to prove to everybody how, how cool, how tough I was. And, but I'd walk in and everybody was laughing at me because the teacher made me read out loud in English class and everybody's laughing at me and I'm still and getting cracks all, all over the place. So it definitely, you know, affects your psyche of how, and, and your confidence. But I tell you, if you could get through that, right, there's some stats say that 10% of us are actually dyslexic. Um, we have to see the world differently just to function on a daily basis, right? I still today, I have my emails dictated to me, right? Because um, you could use that talk, talk function. Um, Audible is my best friend. I've listened to over a thousand books in the last probably eight to 10 years. Last year, I got through 240 books. And one of the cool things, I have a super, uh, uh, I have a superpower where I could listen to a book at 3x or more and comprehend 100% of it because, like you said, we're auditory because we had to be. So, but if you could get through that and you understand where your superpowers are and everybody has them no matter what they, who, where they came from, what their background is, if you understand where your superpowers are, leverage those things in business or in life and focus on those things then all of a sudden magic happens, right? Yours was music, yours was beats. I can't, I can't even hear a beat, my friend, <laughs> but uh, I'm learning. But uh, dan- so dancing is hard, hard for me. But like, yeah, I, I think that's what I got to say about that, I, I, you know. 
No, that's great because there's some 14 year old or maybe a 44 year old who is listening and like, okay, I am not stupid. I just think differently. And I've met geniuses who failed in class and, you know, they're, some of them are rich. Some of them are, you know, on the way to being rich, I like to say, but I, I love that you're able to share that. Now, have you put that in a book yet and thought about what the Rob Maskin, you know, documentary or movie looks like? Well, you know, it's crazy. I, the furthest thing from my mind in high school was, well, writing was just a, a thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I got my hand slapped once or twice in like middle school for maybe aggressively seeing the definitions of what copy and paste could do. Um, right. But, um, the thought of being a writer is, is mind boggling to me. It still is right. And now I'm writing some blog posts and some, I have some reoccurring piece, uh, in some magazines, but yeah, the, the, the story of my life. Well, I don't know. Uh, I don't know about that. You're, you're gonna have to coach me up on that one, but, uh, <laughs> but no, I definitely have a story to share and, you know, going through it, I think, but it's a story like most that, everybody's gone through adversity, right? And the more you could come out of it, the more you could take the lessons learned from it. And the deeper down you've gone, whether that's athletics, whether that's music, whether that's dyslexia, whatever it is, the deeper you know how far you could go, you know, we all gonna have that adversity coming up, no matter what that is. This year tested so many, built so many people, so many people's character, right? And allowed us to get aligned to what's important to us. Um, yeah, I think the more you realize that, the more you, deeper you can see you go, the more you can thrive and the higher you can go, right? Definitely, definitely. And the key is in having, you know, a team and having, you know, an editor and, or somebody who can help you. Sure. So, you know, we can talk about that off there, but I want to get into oh, yeah. what's going online to help people and what range should people be in as far as, you know, investing in themselves so that they can pay you to grow their business because a lot of times folks will see someone like you say oh you're successful you're helping business people and then they get sticker shot when they say oh wait you want to get paid to help me so where should people be and what's that process working with you yeah well so first of all i'm always happy to have a phone call with anyone i was just speaking to a gentleman yesterday who's starting his this week who's starting his business and I'm like, I don't think he's going to be able to afford me. And that's fine. But what could I deliver in a half an hour to, to see him get, get some growth? And, you know, what I had a hard time when I was starting out switching from like taking equity and then taking money. And I'm like, no, I'm worth it. This is what it is. And this is what it needs to be. But at the end of the day, like I was talking to this gentleman and he's in, in the fitness industry. I'm going, all right, you're going in this direction. But let's shift the direction a little bit over here. This is aligned with who you are. This is aligned with your background. This is aligned with your skill set. This is aligned with how you're going to sell versus you trying to say, hey, Rob, what's your marketing credentials? How could you help me do Facebook ads? I'm like, you don't need to do Facebook ads right now. You need to do partnerships. You need to grow. You need to make phone calls. You need to hit the pavement. How could you do things for free? You know, also, I just saved you $2,000 on ad spend and what you're already paying a graphic designer and all this other stuff. Right. So all of a sudden, right off the bat, I saved you month one. Right. And now and it's just things like that. And then if if you could get if I could get you somewhere that was going to take you three months, I could get you there in two weeks. Right. So those are some of the things. That's the way I look at things. 
it's not a, it, it's a matter of time. It's a matter of money savings. But yeah, you do need to have some sort of cash flow or some sort of investment um, to work with me or to work with any coach for that matter. But you get what you pay for is also what I think, right? So if somebody's going to donate their time, that's great. But are they going to be invested, right? Even when we, in business, when we give things away, we've got to, you need some sort of skin in the game too. I, I never try and give anything away. I want somebody to have skin in the game. Even if I'm giving something to a nonprofit, what could they have for skin in the game so that I'm making sure that they're invested as well? And at, at what level? Because I have my, you know, part-time, full-time, my three-tier type. Um, these are the packages. But then I think about that 14-year-old again, and I even have a service, you know, where I can at least give some time to them. Um, or if it is that 44-year-old trying to readjust, and it can be a, maybe it's a one-time deal or it's, you know, you're getting four hours for this much. So where should they be? Because I, I, I like people to kind of hear this over and over when I'm talking with consultants of your caliber so they can get their mind ready, their pocketbook ready, especially when they have stimulus checks. And I see them trying to buy a big 90-inch TV when that TV should be invested in not me, but me. So at what range should they be? Should it be a thousand, five thousand, twenty thousand? Yeah, I mean, I, I I like my I like my clients to come with a budget of at least you know over two thousand and be ready to spend more than that. Um, I work with people. I work with where they are. Um, I don't necessarily publish my pricing, but um, at the end of the day, I also give two. I also work with two clients a month that I just do pro bono or. The minimum viable, again, I like people that have skin in the game. So whether it's 100 or 200 bucks, what they could afford, but what my version of pro bono is, because I'm doing this because it's a passion. I'm doing this because I love it, right? I'm doing this because I want to make a difference. I'm doing this because I want to help them, right? Yeah, I, my time is crazy valuable, right? I only got so much of it. It's the most valuable asset we're ever going to have. So I got to charge for it and it's worth it, right? But that, that, that's where I'm at. Does that answer your question? No, that definitely answers it. And it also lets the people know, you guys, I think Rob is going for sainthood when he gives that, you know, two out of the month. So you can be that lucky two and maybe you kind of cash out and, you know, uh, make sure you write a, a letter to the powers that be and say, I nominate Rob for sainthood for helping me out because it's just nice to be, you know, saints sometimes. This is a thankless business well sometimes. Well, I'll tell you, you know, we, we know the golden rule is um, do unto others as you want done to yourself. But I think the, the titanium, the platinum rule, whatever metal we want to say is more valuable these days is do unto others as you want uh, as you want to be done to yourself. Right. Or do unto others as they want to be done to them. Right. And what they yeah. what they actually need. Sorry, I butchered that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's all right. It's all right. I, I think the people can get it or they can rewind and then put it together. Now, with, you know, consulting and sometimes people say, well, how do I know it's guaranteed you're going to help me, Rob? How do I know? Is it money back guaranteed? And no, folks, I'm going to answer for him. It's not. But he's going to tell you why and how he can almost guarantee you're going to progress somehow. So let the people know. Yeah. I mean, at the bottom line is, by the way, let me ask, let me ask you, a, let me answer a question with a question. What's your definition of wisdom? definition of wisdom I have a few because my wisdom doesn't come from me like my great ideas don't come from me it's it's coming from a greater source so it's sometimes experience and sometimes it's just divine because everybody knows the stuff I've been through only God has saved me because I'm a heathen 
I'm a reformed heathen, but I'm a heathen. And, and, you know, so that's my definition of where wisdom comes from, whether you got it from experience and learned your lesson or it was just blessed upon you and it's just part of you. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the definition of wisdom that I'm using these days is learning from others' mistakes as if they are your own. Right. And yeah. if I could take on and I could learn from somebody else's experience, somebody else's mistakes and truly take them on as my own and not have to beat my head against the wall anymore. Well, shoot, that's a hack. And then some, if I could speak to somebody who has 40 years of business experience, right. And I speak to that gentleman every day and he, every week, and he had his business acquired for over $2 billion. Right. And then grew that business to his $8 billion inside of that acquisition. And I could speak to him every week with me and my business partner, and I could take his lessons learned and his 40 years experience, and I could turn that into mine as it's of my experience. That is a hack, my friends, of a hack, right? That is 100x. So I, I, I haven't had the billion-dollar exit yet, working on it. Um, working on it hard, I tell you. But I do have that 20 years of business experience and entrepreneur experience. And I guarantee as an entrepreneur, I've been there. I've done that. I've gone through it. And how could you learn and benefit from my wisdom? So you don't, doesn't take you two years or five years to learn it, but how does it take you two weeks or two months? Right. That's, that's the benefit. There is no guarantee. I guarantee you, I will make things easier for you. If you're coachable, right. If you're coachable, don't even call me. Right. If you don't want to coach, if you don't want to help, if you're not going to take the wisdom beyond to you, like in athletics, right, whether it's Jordan, LeBron, whoever your guru is, even Tiger, right, they have coaches. And Tiger doesn't argue back with his coach. He says, yeah, got it. Let's do it. Right. Yeah. And they're craving it. So unless you're craving, if you want to be a high performer, how could you not have a coach? If all the greats in athletic have coaches, and by the way, all the greats in business have coaches, how and why wouldn't you? Because you yeah, can't coach yourself. Man, I, that we might have to open up with because so many people think, especially um, I deal a lot with influencers. And, you know, the bigger the influencer, sometimes the bigger the ego. Not always. If you're, if you're, if you're an influencer, don't call me. I'm losing my number. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm teasing slightly. I'm only teasing slightly. Okay, but, but influences, you know, a lot of them, um, even the younger ones, uh, they first got their first 10 grand or 100 grand, don't know how to do a deal, but they come to someone like yourself, like myself, and say, hey, help me. And they'll listen to a point, but then, you know, you can't touch my editing. I've had influencers tell me, nobody can edit like me. And I'm like, that's not why you're number one in your category. So what is your experience with the, the ego? If someone has, you know, let's say 5 million or 10 million, are you able to coach them? Or is it in a certain level of, you know, if you got a 500,000, call me. Because in between 500,000 and 5 million, my experience is I can get you, you know, 10x. Grant Cardone, right, shout out right. to you. But <laughs> he, did, he didn't invent that. He didn't invent that. He, he, he branded it, but he didn't invent it. Um, but anyway, 
if you know if we don't give Grant his props, you know, he might talk about us, big or small. Uh, that, that's all right. There's there's no such thing as bad publicity. Uh, so I, if Grant wants to give me a shout out and 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 and, and, and you know and hack on me, that's fine. But no, so listen. Uh, one of my biggest things is I'm one of the most arrogant MFers out there, right? And it's something I'm still working on, right? Even when it, it goes back to my insecurity as a kid and as an adult, I had to prove to everybody how smart I was. So the only thing I did was walk in a room. And the only thing when I tried to prove that is I just proved that I'm just an arrogant prick, right? And I had to realize that, wait, this is just complete inauthenticity. And I had to really look at it, right? Because what is the ego? What is the identity? Right. And the ego and identity first is, is, is really shaped in, in our teen years. And it's created by really the people, the loved ones in our life, society, our friends, our movies. Like I still remember varsity blues. Right. And that was a formative movie being a high school football player at the time being like, Oh, I had to go run around being an idiot, like, and do all this crazy stuff. And that'd be the macho. I'd be the bully. This is, this is who I idealize. I had to be the tough guy because I was too insecure. I couldn't be vulnerable, right? So that kind of shaped my ego, especially being a, a college athlete and being this wrestler, being this football player, having a, these, I'm, I'm, I got to be a fighter, right? I got to be a cage fighter. I got to be the tough guy. That's not who I am, right? I'm a, I'm a, I have a real vulnerable side. I have a soft side, right? I like deep, authentic conversations. I like long walks on the beach, um, but no, you know, but at, at the end of the day, I know what the ego looks like. I know it's good. I know it's bad. I know it's ugly. And when, yeah, when you're an influencer and somebody gives you a paycheck for posting a picture and it's a six figure paycheck right off the bat, how can that not affect you? But at the end of the day, the reason I was joking around with influencers is they haven't learned business yet, but they have a tremendous amount of money to spend. So how do you leverage that? How do you 10 exit? How do you 100 exit? By creating those processes, by, be create, by creating that infrastructure, by creating tried and true methods. So, you know, because somebody could pay you 10, you know, 10 grand, 100 grand for that post. How long is it going to last for? How do you create that more original content? How do you expand? You got to keep growing. If you could get if you could get 10, if you get 10 grand right now, shoot, and you have no procedures and you're just going by the seat of your pants, you know, what happens when you really, you really look at the acumen, and you, you get somebody to help you leverage that. Definitely, definitely. And I, I want to say this: if Rob is as arrogant as he thinks in business, you have to have some type of arrogance, especially doing this type of work. But to me, you make it look good. You know, it, it's, <laughs> it's acrobatics. Um, you guys go check out his Instagram. You'll see him do things with your body you wish you could do. Um, I don't care at what age you are. But to be a grown man in your 30s, like we are, to be able to do those moves, it's like, wow. But it's how you do it. Because we're seeing people, you know, 25, 20 years old on their Instagram saying, hey, ret I'm retired. I retired my mother. Uh, I'm a philanthropist. I'm a VC. While they're saying, I don't work, but I want you to buy into my course every day. And they're working harder than, you know, all of us. So we buy into them. And I'm like, what type of retirement is that at 20? Like, you're about to die soon. So you make it look good, Rob. And, you, you know, that athletic side hasn't left you. No, no, God, no. Uh, my, my athletics, my movement background is, is, my, is breath, is air. 
right? Is my oxygen, right? Um, so my real philosophy in, in, in this whole business thing is when I zoom out, it's, yeah, it's about who you are as a business person, but it's who you are as a human, right? You got to look at your, your, your ego. You got to look at the different areas of your life. Where are you performing? Because, you know, you're a family man, right? What, what, what is, what are we doing on this planet, right? How are we giving back? How are we making this impact? How are we having fun? How are we being fulfilled, right? You get, you know, you can get, I mean, how many lotto winners out there in three years are happy and still have all the money, right? Because ultimately it doesn't change anything, but who we are as a human, what are those things that we're doing? How we are those other people in our life, how we are to, to our body, right? So for me, Movement is my oxygen, you know, whether it's acrobatics and by the way, so like it's sports acrobatics, circus acrobatics, well, the things that I learned there. So basically somebody could be just describe it. Somebody could be doing a handstand on my hands and I could throw them up and then catch them back on their hands. Right. Those are the type of moves that we're talking about, but what it takes to do that. And the biggest lessons I learned is communication. How do you communicate with somebody? How do you get them to trust you? Right. How do you get, you know, when your adrenaline's up and you're going for it, how do you communicate non-verbally and applying all those things to different areas of your life? But yeah, man, whether it's surfing the waves or paddle boarding or kite surfing, it, being in flow, being in that moment, finding a, your access, maybe for you, it's athletics as much as music, right? When you're, when you're mixing that beat, nothing else exists when you're in that flow state, right? When they, you know, people say adrenaline junkies, you know, whether it's the power of now with Eckhart Tolle or Stephen Cutler with uh, with flow and superhuman and steel and fire. How do you find that moment where this chatter disappears, right? Like I was kite surfing the other day and I'm, I'm still relatively new, but I'm starting to get air, right? And I get air and I'm like five feet, uh, five feet in the air. I'm probably, I feel like I'm 50 feet in the air, but I'm probably maybe this high off the ground, right? But anyway, all of a sudden it's... And it's just a silence and nothing is there. The world slows down. And it's just these beautiful moments that, you know, that I seek, right? Whether it's with my people, the loved ones in my life, right? With my family, with my friends, with my girlfriend, right? But those are the moments that, man, that's what it's all about. So, amen, yeah. amen, amen. Um, I, I love adrenaline. I say I'm going to be done once I can uh, wing soup um, and I want to do it in a certain way. But uh, my wife is like, hey, you got insurance, but like from riding bulls or, you know, racing cars, whatever is, you know, I, I used to be um, the boxing and martial arts. That's what my brothers and I, we all did that. We like right. to, right. to fight, which stopped us from, I was small. My brothers are, are small. They're younger than me, but they're much bigger than me because they yeah. drank milk. Um, is, is, <laughs> but, but we didn't once we knew how to fight we only wanted to fight with people who knew how to fight because you really hurt somebody you know i'm yeah. like i don't want to fight you because this is what i do every day and i'm gonna yeah. you know i'll hurt you you hurt enough people you start feeling bad um yeah. kind of like a, a new england mobster or something i'm like yeah you know I, I run this place but um with, with your you know ability to take people to the next level and then to still stay human because i think if you did get that billion dollars I don't know if you have the personality where it would change you. I don't think you'd get the cigarette holder with the beret and start talking with a, you know, a New York accent or something. How do you stay grounded in just, you know, not letting the money, money being the scoreboard quote from Donald Trump, 
and not the end all be all of who you are? Well, first of all, I could talk with a New York accent because I'm from New York. So if you want me to put on, get some coffee and bagels and uh, drink some water. But um, so maybe. But uh, no, man, it comes down to this, right? It, there's, there's, a, there's a distinction that, that I've learned. And it, most people will live their lives wanting to have the things they want to have and chasing the things they want to have, right? Then once they have all those things, they'll go do all these things that they've always wanted to do. And then finally, they'll wake up one day and they'll go, I want to be a philanthropist and I want to give back and I want my name to mean something, right? Which is where you see all these buildings and all these people that are, you know, doing all these charities at, at, at a later stage in life. But what changed my perspective is I want to be the person I'm meant to be. I want to be myself. Who's my true self, right? I, I look at two different things. I look at ego and identity and this chatter and these conversations we have with ourselves. And look at our, the self and the self only exists when this disappears. So that moment I'm in the air, myself, when I'm meditating on myself, when I'm just being with you here today, I get to be me, right? And every other time when you're in your head, it's not that. So I get to be the person I'm meant to be. And I do this, right? And then I know who I am and I trust that self. And then I could go do all these things I've always wanted to do, right? We started off before we jumped in, we started to talk about our wild days and partying and all this other stuff, right? But I wanted to do all those things. And then I wanted to accomplish all these other things, right? but be and do. And then when you have what you deserve, what you have, what you want to have, right? You're already that person, right? And by the way, you'll manifest those things, by being that person and doing those things, you'll manifest that, that those halves. But chasing that dollar, chasing that buck, man, I remember I, I moved to Vail when I, was 20, when I was 22 and I taught skiing for five years and I was a whitewater raft guide. One of the, and I started a few companies out there. One of the things I realized, I was like, man, these guys, these houses are 30 million bucks. It's, it's amazing. There's all this stuff, right? But they're here two weeks of the year. They don't enjoy it. You know, what's the point of having it if you can't enjoy it? If you, you know, I wake up one day and, you know, and there's exceptions to these rules, right? All these Bitcoin millionaires, all these instant millionaires. But, you know, for the rest of us who got to work for it, man, I don't want to wake up one day and, and, uh, and be 70 and then, okay, I get to enjoy it. No, I want to yeah, enjoy it yeah. now. I'm more in that fire community. If I ever get fed up and I'm done, then I'm done. And I want to be able to do whatever that is what I want to do. Probably be working with youth and, you know, communities um, around the, the, the globe, especially on the continent of Africa. Now you talk about the Bitcoin millionaires and the NFT millionaires, you know, spending $69 million. Those guys don't see crypto like many people see crypto as currency. They see it as a currency where they can buy what they want to buy, what it's meant to be, kind of on the dark web or when you don't want people in your business, you know. But do you see yourself or are you able to get paid in crypto? Or if someone says, look, I'll swap you this NFT. I paid, you know, $20,000 for, for a month of work. If somebody wants to pay me in Ethereum, I'll take it because that's what I'm buying right now. Not that I'm recommending giving any investment advice whatsoever. Um, but um, yeah, I could take that. I won't, I won't take, I mean, listen, it's so volatile. Do I think it's a currency? So I, 
I really looked at Bitcoin and I'm and I am not the brightest bulb in the shed because I looked at Bitcoin seriously and read all about it when I was at 200 bucks. And then I'm going, you know, all right. But what I what I look deep into it, I go, how is it going to be the winner? All the banks want to do crypto, all the blockchain is the future. Right. But all, everybody wants to have their own currency. China is launching a digital yen that's blockchain. Right. They announced that this week. So how is Bitcoin going to be the, the winner? So I was like, I'm going to pass because I have no idea. But there's shit. If I put a thousand, part of my French, if I put a thousand dollars in it back then, I don't even want to do the math right now. Right. Um, yeah. So, I mean, there's definitely winning, winning formulas out there, but it's so risky. You, you can't predict the future. Nobody can right now. So I, I don't know anything about that. But yeah, if somebody wants to pay me an Arethium, I'll take it. Okay. <laughs> and, 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 and an NFT, uh, if it's data, yeah. I'm also buying that right now. But again, I, this is just what I'm doing. I'm not an expert. <laughs> no, I, I, I love it. I love it. I tell people, you know, I, I love crypto because for what it was originally used for. But I say I don't talk about crypto, nor do I tell anybody. If you don't understand it, don't get it. Because now you have like these kids, you know, they got their Nano X. Um, on their keychain showing you that they got $20 million. I'm like, that's not smart. No matter how protected it is, people still kidnap people here. You know, people still, you know, ask your fellow New Yorkers what, you know, low jacking is when they would, you know, hijack people at Grand Central Station. I don't trust it. So I tell people I could talk to you about, you know, just in theory, but I don't talk about crypto. Plus people get hacked every day. Um, what is with your success that you're having and the best is yet to come what is a community give back that you are doing or that you want to do in the future it, like a, a non-profit project like what, what i do to give back yeah any give back you know because it doesn't have to be non-profit sometimes people say you know what united way i'd give money but they're, yeah. they pay their employees too much so whatever give back yeah whatever it mm -hmm. is to you. yeah so as i stated i give uh i work with two people a month uh, this year, I also started, um, we started a nonprofit uh, where I'm a big surfer in El Salvador is my place that I, I, I would love to go, I still do. And uh, there's a community that I go to called El Tunco and uh, El Salvador in general got hit really hard this year. Uh, people weren't working for, they weren't allowed out of their house for like six months. The government was just giving people uh, rice and beans and uh, literally, and you know, uh, the average wage in El Salvador is $300 a month to begin with. And then they got hit with like two tropical storms. So I partnered with one of my buddies who owns two local restaurants down there. And we started giving uh, hot meals to people. It was like meals on wheels. Uh, we were doing like restaurant catered meals and we we're giving like three, 400 meals at a time. So we started raising money and doing that. Um, that's a little bit on, on pause right now. My partners uh, just had a baby, uh, but we definitely need to get that, get that going again. Uh, so that was, that, that was definitely a, a project that hit home just because it was a community that I knew and uh, just amazing humans down there. Oh, wow. That's, that's great stuff. Is El Salvador a place where you um, could see yourself investing maybe a home and, you know, six months on, six months off? Or Yeah, I, that, 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 that's a hard one. That, that's a little bit more speculative real estate market. I mean, it's gorgeous. The company's exploding. Uh, the government's been doing a lot. It's, such, it's so much safer than it was 20 years ago. And it's a, I always feel comfortable down there. So it's a place I love uh that's not where my real estate portfolio will be right now but it, it's definitely a place where i love to spend i spent about 80 days there uh over the last year and a half so somewhere that i just love to be and it's two and a half hours from miami so uh <laughs> it, 
it, it's great. And it's world-class surfing. So I love it. Okay, man. Awesome. Well, you guys have got the game anymore. You're going to have to hit Rob up yourself in a session. He's waiting for your call, especially if you want to invest in yourself. And I know you're saying, how is a consultant requesting or recommending another consultant? Because there's enough to go around, people. Amen, I'm, brother. I'm a, I'm, I might be too crazy for you. And, you know, and, and Rob has that magic, you know, uh, wand, like all great consultants and in the superhero click. So go book a session, go learn something. And, you know, we hope, um, Rob, to hear more from you in that book. I'm going to bother you on LinkedIn to say, hey, here's some steps to maybe getting it done faster. There you go. Let me know. I'm always happy to help, brother. And uh, it was great speaking with you. So. You as well. You, you guys, we're going to take the conversation offline. Make sure you like, share, subscribe, give it to a friend. It's free to do that. Have it be your good deed of the day. You be blessed. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifiedGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.